Episode disclaimer. This episode was recorded before COVID-19 had hit our area, so there is mention of Hack Upstate 15 and Hack Rochester for events that were upcoming. They were canceled due to COVID-19. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. On this episode of Salt City Code, guest host Max Matthews and I continue our talk with Seth Mulligan from Stories Lab. In this episode, Seth talks about how Syracuse has changed over the past 15 years, where he sees Syracuse going in the next 15 years, and a little something about a marshmallow challenge. So you've been here in the Syracuse area for a while, and Mm -hmm. uh, you've seen it change over the past 15 years. Mm -hmm. How has it changed? Has it changed, like, drastically? Is it minimal? Is it sort of up and down? I mean, obviously, I think a lot of things are cyclical. There's, you know, there's periods of excitement or some a new company arise or a, a big company exits and so it you know there's new labor out available i think generally i would describe a couple of quick themes about the fast 15 years one is it feels like there are more examples of success happening when i first got here like seed funding was forget it you know an er, a, a real series a it meant that it was really like honestly no one was looking in the sort of underserved middle tier cities, right? There was no uh, Rise of the Rest tour and there was no, you know, new frontier. You know, at that time, New York was just starting the Flatiron District and like the first couple of venture firms were just starting to show up there. So so the there's more examples of success from, you know, from companies like Ephesus Lighting and Spin Car and TCG Player, and Plows and Mows. Right. Those are all stories of the past four or five years built on the, you know, tougher roads that were hoed from the, the you know, the companies four or five years before them, like BrandYourself.com, who, while started here and start and put their roots down here, ended up, you know, following with some of their labor markets, and, you know, they're more in the mid-Atlantic now. And so... Uh, real tangible success just does a lot to open your eyes when you see offices going up, when you see companies, when you see more founders and serial entrepreneurs around. Town. So examples, real happening and, you know, being able to look to them. I think the other thing is that there's more systems around. There's more, you know, there there is an actual bona fide venture capital fund that has now raised a second fund. Located and headquartered in Syracuse, there are there are like some eight staff at Armory Square Ventures. And they've they've had successful exits. So the systems of of early stage funding and and the sort of the mentality of like, wow, you know, there is there is activity to get involved in at a seed level. There's more angel activity now than there was 15 years ago. So systems approaches, I think, and that means even there's more university adoption of like allowing tech transfer and, and investing in tech transfer and SU's, you know, funding with programs like the Sandbox, but the, you know, the Icebox and all these other programs that have come and go, the, you know, the, the, the grants, the launch pads programs. That's been amazing to see. And you need that sort of soup, but they're not all going to live forever. Like right. every, every business model ebbs and flows. So the fact, though, that there's a healthy, constant soup of these that are still here and then grow and then another one goes, oh, we're going to do it kind of like that. But it's a new twist. It's got, you know, for, you know, funding from, you know, from the founders. We're going to actually take a percent and, you know, like accelerators are taking off. So 
that that you know that fabric of support programs, including sophisticated um, venture capital, being here is awesome. I think the third thing is when I was a young man in, in middle school, I was blessed to travel to the Soviet Union, which was just be not becoming the Soviet Union. And sometimes it was really tough as like a 14 year old American with like right. eyes wide open to yeah. look at like cities that were largely 80 percent gray in color. And every housing unit looked like the one next to it right? because it was just that's how they built them. There was like a. And then to and to hear a people who had seven to eight hundred years of history of wars and some ups and a lot of downs, like there was like a uh like a sort of a an aura of like downtroddenness that that was really cool at a time where it was like just starting to like emerge and maybe put that behind it and feel like they had new freedoms, new opportunities. You know, Syracuse and a lot of the mid Atlantic and northeast, you know, Rust Belt or middle tier cities have seen 60, 70, 80 years of decline. Their population bases have gone down. Their employments have gone down. Pockets of poverty have increased. So my point is that no doubt that's going to wear on a people yeah. over a couple generations. Yeah. You're not, you know, mom and dad lost their jobs and now I see them losing jobs. I'm getting out of here or whatever, even if you're just bitter, right? Even if it just weighs on your head, you're like, ah, be careful. Opportunity probably won't last. That narrative is eroding. And there's like a cultural shift. There's more of a, I just don't know if it's sort of an aging out thing or demographics, you know, I'm not, this is not an, I'm not an okay boomer hashtag or anything like that. But my point is like, I think people are starting to feel and sense and want and believe and put to action opportunity as a mantra as opposed to like a more of a closed defend yourself because this might be as good as it gets for a while and i think that's all over i think that's you know pittsburgh has really turned it around there's the cleveland what they've done in northeast ohio and it's happening here in rochester and buffalo i mean gosh buffalo is just on fire and syracuse as well i mean it's just so what do i mean like I'm not exactly going to quote the statistics, right? But I think for like the first time, we made an upward trend of a national survey on like rental prices. Now, that might not be great for you and I if we're trying to buy the $700 apartment and now cost $850, but it's indicative of like a turnaround and and some positive pressure in our economy that we just haven't seen in arguably 50 years. Populations returning and actually starting to have some growth curves in certain demographics. That's just awesome. So... Real examples of real entrepreneurs doing it, a, a, t a better fabric of support systems, including some of the financial ones, and more of an, a, a, a cultural attitude sort of shift. Those three things have, you know, kept me thrilled about the prospects of, you know, why I've, why I've stayed here after grad school, why I've got, you know, a nine and 11 year old daughter that we're, we can't wait to, to, to have them know central New York is their, you know, the place they grew up, their home forever, you know. And I think that family aspect is so important. I think that mm -hmm. the, the most interesting metric to me is not that people are, are moving from, you know, suburbs back to the cities. It's that people are moving from larger cities to mid, the mid tier, yeah, mid -tier cities. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of value in saying, looking at a company like Amazon or anyone headquartered in Seattle or, or definitely SF and mm -hmm. going, hey, we can pay to relocate people to Syracuse. 
we can lower their their salary amounts. Mm-hmm. And if you adjust for cost of living, yep. we're going to recoup that that relocation yeah. that we paid for in six months. Yeah. And and families are looking at this and going, well, do I want to start a family, you know, in my fourth story walk up apartment with no yard and no. Or do I want to get a four bedroom house and my mortgage is going to be, you know, a third of what I'm paying for. And, and I think that's that's something that companies are going to start looking at and I think will be a spark to get uh, their employees to to consider their their lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's already there are already indications of that and and it's tough, right? It's like, oh, do you want to sort of invite gentrification into your region? Maybe you know, there's there's challenges, but I, I think we're a place that can do it smartly and I think we have a place that's got a lot of resources as far as housing stocks and neighborhood revitalization opportunities and tech corridors and these sorts of themed districts that I really feel like uh, we can we can do it more smartly. It's not going to be like the, the 1950s, 1960s suburban sprawl kind of thing. It's going to be this more of this targeted and smarter sort of renaissance to these sort of these middle tier t- you know cities and stuff. So so that that's sort of my 15 year, I guess, perspective for what it's worth. <laughs> I mean, I think it comes full circle because, you know, my family, my great grandfather um, and great grandmother, they they came from. Arizona, you know, they are not, excuse me, they came from Arkansas. They, they mm, left mm. Arkansas and I think they first, they went to like Ohio, but they weren't there long. And then they settled in central New York. And my great grandfather worked for one of the bigger, right over, right over by the, the lake. Oh my God. I want, it's uh, not salvia processing. It's oh, it eventually it's became a, the Honeywell and the, the it wasn't all, them. It was uh, the other one that's over there. Oh my gosh! Not Rock so- Ten or the no, paperboard no. people. No, it was way anyway. before that. Allied Chemical. We're talking. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So this is like. like I mean, they 60s, were there for 70s. a long time. Oh my that's god! Cool. I can't. Why can I not think of this? <laughs> this steel. What's the steel that was over there? Like oh, right by steel. the fairgrounds. Oh. Um. Sure. Sure. The the so you can all see it, right? It's like yeah. right adjacent yeah. to the Center of Progress building. You're like that place. <laughs> oh my God, it'll drive me crazy because I know it, and I've probably said it a thousand times in my sure. life. And um, so, but that's where so he they worked. came. They came up for that. They came up, and and yeah. you know they worked at. That's where he worked. Yeah. I still want to say salary processing, and that is not what it is. But so that's where he worked. You know, he worked and he retired from there, and then you know like that. And of course, back then things were different. But you know, the benefits that he had, my kept my grandmother. You know, they they went on to my grandmother even after he died. Yeah. You know, so she got health benefits for that. You know, my grandfather worked for Burns Brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty mm-hmm. much his whole life. My other grandfather worked for. I think he grew up in this area though. He worked for Killian Balberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden you see all of these companies are you know they're leaving. But now it's kind of a shift to maybe not so much manufacturing companies that sure. are coming in, sure. but more tech. Yep. And I think that'll shift it back to, you know, yeah. now you're going to see people coming here because that's where the jobs yeah. are. Yeah, I think that's true. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code. 
what do you think it'll look 15 15 years from now? What do you think the Syracuse area will look? Crystal ball moment, huh? <laughs> um, just I a, think just you're going to see some of these trends now following through. I think you're going to see hopefully things like population stability. I think you're going to see an overall uptick of like the average age of our housing infrastructure. You're going to get newer apartments, you know, being renovated is continuing this, you know, factories of yesteryear becoming the amazing hip, you know, apartment complexes of today. But even I think you'll see some like, you know, 30s, 40s and 50s homes being replaced by 2030s, you know, 1930s homes becoming 2030s homes and that that'll be a good indicator, and I think I think you're gonna see a couple more. You know, maybe we have our first IPO out of the area. That would be pretty. I think that's quite possible. I, I bet Buffalo didn't think it even five or ten years ago, and and you know they had like Cinecore. Mm-hmm. They're probably gonna have ACV auctions. I mean, they're getting to that kind of size and level. Who knows what the real plans? Are. Yeah, I mean, I could see a, a more tech or or you know, new new industrial you know sort of IPO. Housing stock keeps getting more and improved and newer. I think populations leveled off. I think our our political systems are investing in such ways that we will probably see some improvements in our schools and our school district scores and graduation rates. Um, well, I know they've changed and, some of that already in, in like just the schooling. I really wish they would not have Common Core, but that's a fighting battle. It's always, you know, it's an state. But, you know, like I know that they've changed some of the, the testing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already looked into some mm-hmm. of that because, you know, when I was growing up, you know, we all had testing and, and, you know, New York was like, oh, New York is the place to get your education. You know, sure. you want your kids to get their, you know, high school and elementary school education there because they have all these high scores and they know a lot. You know, I had friends that moved down south and they would think they were going into like fourth grade and they'd be like, no, you need to be in third grade because, you know, or, sure. or actually I have that backwards. You know, they would, yeah, they, would, they, would, they would almost up a level. right? Yeah. yeah. So they would go to like. You know, oh, you should be going in third grade. No, you need to be in fourth grade because you already know all of this material. But recent, you know, over the years, that's kind of declined a little bit. As now I've heard the opposite where, you know, people have moved from New York to one of the southern states. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, no, you need to catch up, you know. So that that kind of, you know, concerns me a little bit because I would like to see us get back up into that. But, you know, sometimes I think maybe when they changed the test, that kind of hindered it. So Mm -hmm. now now I think they're kind of realizing, uh, maybe we need to reassess that a little (laughs) bit. But that would be nice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's all those factors that make it a vibrant place. And a a big chunk of that is going to be that we have a healthy innovation and tech community and that startups can feel like they can not only just start here, but maybe like see it on through the yeah. full life cycle of having an exit started in central New York and exited while still in central New York. That's going to be a mark of the next 15 years. That would be a real sign of success. And uh, yeah, I think it means again, like I said, I touted started saying there's like a fabric of people and systems around here. It'll just be more of like that fabric growing and widening and getting a couple extra layers and being more dense. And I think that's what it's going to what it'll take. And I would really love to see an IPO come out of the region. And uh, yeah, I mean, a couple more success stories. I would love cool. even some of the startups, you know, to just kind of be able to get to that growth point and maybe repurpose some of the buildings yeah. that are in the area. Yeah. Imagine a tech company owning a building. Right. I mean, we've yeah. seen some amazing renovations and you know lopping off a couple of floors and things like that but 
that's one cool mark that Google always had is like Google will go into a city or an area and, and then buy that building. Oh, that's the Google building in Pittsburgh. Or the, you know, right, the yeah. Building. Yeah, I mean, that would be a pretty interesting thing Interesting thing to see too. A, a nameplate on a building that's uh, that represents tech. That'd be, that'd be really wickedly cool. I think that's within a 15-year reach, definitely. And I think there's a snowball effect there of when you have a, a company growing in central New York, they're, they're hiring junior developers or they're hiring people. So it's not just, oh, where can we get existing talent or bring them in, but, oh, how can we train talent that's already here? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's just snowballs and, and you get those junior developers moving to senior mm-hmm. developers and training more people that I think is a super important effect. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely something we want to do here with StorySlab. It's already on our, you know, how do we develop talent that will fuel our growth. And yeah, I, I think a lot of other companies are looking at that same opportunity as well. See, well, now that's where I would have to say that Hack Upstate doing careers in code yeah. is definitely one of those things that, yeah. that can, uh, you know, help that happen. Agreed. Um, Agreed. You know, if it wasn't for that program and, and meeting Jesse and being yeah. able to get into that program, I wouldn't be where I yeah, am. Yeah, it's awesome, right? You know? your, your story, um, and let's 30X them, right? I mean, your cohort's done very well, your classmates, your, your and, you know, let's keep yeah. that going. Yeah, right? and there's I mean, a lot of us. I mean, I... You know, I don't know what everybody is doing, but I'm pretty sure that most of us at this point have gotten a job yeah. within the last, you know, we graduated six months ago. Yeah. So That's awesome. in that six months, I think we've all pretty much gotten a job in the tech area. Maybe one or two that haven't, mm-hmm. I, but I don't know because I sure. haven't yeah, talked sure, with all sure. of them. Yeah. But even still that, you know, like that's a big thing. And that yep. was kind of the whole just behind it, you know. Yep. And so I'm kind of, I'm really excited that they have another three years of funding yeah, to exactly. be able to do that. It looks really cool. And yeah. Recent so. announcement's awesome. And you're a sponsor of Hack Upstate. How yeah. did you, uh, you know, oh, how did that man, all come My story about? with Hack Upstate, boy, it's a long one now. Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding boot camp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Up State Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. So the Tech Garden hosted the very first Hack Up State before it was even a formal organization. We did, I think, like two or three hackathons before it became its own LLC mm-hmm. and its own sort of entity. And then uh, as a tech garden director, I continued to sort of pay them to run them, right? I mean, that was like I was happy to sign a contract for them to host and run a couple of them. And we brought in cool partners early on, like some AT&T. And so when I was moved over to StorySlab and we were at a position where you know, we felt like we had growth on our minds and we wanted to become more known to the tech community for finding people, but also just it's like a, a little bit of giving back and and getting out and meeting and networking and, be, and finding more of those nodes in that whole fabric. Yeah, we were we were happy to, to sign on for, for this this event and hopefully more into the future. And we'll come down and uh, maybe have a little swag, maybe say a few words, meet meet some people and it's going to be kind of fun. So it's weird full circle moment for me because <laughs> as an incubator director, I kind of had to like pitch, you know, well, we got to get like five or 10 grand together so we can have some prizes and some right. pizza money. Yeah. And like, and, oh, by the way, like 
I have to convince some of the tenants in the tech garden that like we may need to use some of their office space over the weekend. And I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a sell to be like, well, we're gonna have a regional hackathon. And they're like, are you gonna get people here? You know, and even the very first one, I think had almost 65, 70 people. So it was neat to see it start as sort of a loose organization of good-minded ideas and people, and then a facility that sort of took it on to, to, to much more of you know, what it's become today. And an ongoing talent network and twice a year events and bigger, you know, regional national partners. And it's just, uh, it's really fun. So StorySide was happy to come and become a sponsor this year. And I think it's indicative of where we're at as a company, like looking to grow and get more connected in the region, but also indicative of just, um, you know, another bright sign that the, the region has, what is this, 15 or 16? I mean, 15. Like, yeah, 15 is a big yeah, one. Yeah, right? so, 15 is, will be on April uh, 4th and 5th. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, so like, and then, like, you know, what a, they'll have what another a milestone, one in October. Right? And, and they are actually, they're going to do one in Rochester yeah. as well, yeah. uh, April 18th and 19th. So, you know, that's, I'm actually excited that they're going yeah. to Rochester, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But I, yeah. what I love about it the most is that it's for everybody. Because yep. how many hackathons, yep. you know, do you see? And it's only collegiate. Certain industry or certain you know? age or certain, and, and yeah, it's like, demographic uh, group. or Jeez, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, do them, do them for everybody in, yeah. in the areas. Because you you would be surprised how many people who, even if they're not in a tech job every day, yep. still want to come because maybe they're going to learn something new. Yeah. Or maybe they're going to see something different that is going to actually push them to get that job in the yep. tech community. Yep. So. Yep. Oh, and I think there's a certain energy that goes with it as well, right? Yeah. Is how how many times have you tried sitting down on your computer learning something and you get frustrated or you get stuck? Sure. Or, and I think it's the same energy when you go to a concert and you have all these <laughs> fans, right? Yeah. There's a certain energy that you can't yeah. describe. Yeah. And I think Hack Upstate does a great job of, of replicating that mm-hmm. and just having that that energy that you can mm-hmm. be around people who are learning and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. So... Uh, yeah, again, yeah, we're just so excited to see what this event's going to bring shortly and help participate wherever we can at Stories Lab. So. That's good. We are, we're looking forward to that. Mm. You'll have to uh, stop in and see Kelly and I because yeah. we're going to do a pop-up podcast. Awesome. Very yeah, cool. Kinda, Look forward you know, to it. We were, uh, it's a great idea. We were discussing with, you know, with Jesse and I was just... I kind of was like, hey, you know, Kelly and I kind of had an idea. Can we do like a pop-up pod? So I kind of coined my own phrase. I like it. <laughs> Kelly was like, I love that. And I'm like, what? And she's like, that pop-up podcast. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure, sure what else I would call <laughs> it. But, you know, we're just, you know, we're going to, uh, we'll be in a, a room and just to have people come in and just kind of chat with us and, you yeah. know, just to talk to, you know, other people yeah, that yeah. normally you wouldn't see on a, a yeah. daily That's basis, cool. kind of find That's out. great concept. We would like to thank Syracuse Coworks as one of our sponsors, the only nonprofit co-working space. They offer day passes, monthly memberships that vary in price, and a recording booth for all your recording needs. It's where we record our podcast. Stop in and check out Syracuse Coworks, located at 555 South Clinton Street in Syracuse, and see all that they have to offer. So, Careers in Code? Yes. You were... Uh... Yeah. One of our guest speakers. Yes, yes. So the marshmallow challenge. Yes. yes, and that's what I want to ask. That <laughs> okay. was my, that's what my question is leading into <laughs> sure. because I want to know how long have you been doing that marshmallow challenge? Sure. And I also want to know because at the time you hadn't done it, have you done it with your staff yet? 
Right, so, oh boy, good one. We have not done it yet. It is, I know, right? Shame on me. What we're, what we're thinking of is we're, we're thinking we're going to have an open house pretty soon. We were wondering if we want to run it with, like, people walk through during the open house. And so oh, that's that kind would of be really doing. cool. Yeah, kind of fun, right? Yeah. So the Marshmallow Challenge, I've always heard about it and seen it. It started, it has its origins, you know, in uh, some of the Adobe leadership uh, at a company, you know, trainings and events. It's sort of professionally, you know, run, and it made its way into the tech. Uh, TED Talk circuits and I, uh, you know, credit credit goes to, you know, I've seen it run a lot with John Liddy, some of the work he did. In fact, he and I had an opportunity once to sort of do like an exchange sort of program where we spent uh, a week in China. We did it at a Chinese incubator and uh, it was really awesome. I think it's just, it's one of those great short snippets where you can really see iteration and the importance of iteration like unfold clear as day right in front of you and just fun and a great example of like how when people gather you can you know you can make a a, a sum much greater than its parts when you sort of like even force team team you know teamwork and team you know dynamics with people but yeah i think it's i think you know i i i was blessed to be an adjunct in the whitman school i was blessed to work with su and go over to and do some of their boots to business boot camps at foreign military bases and I've, I've come across the Marshmallow Challenge and other right. things like it. It's a good one. It's just a great nugget. So people should should Google it and do it. I've often wondered if I shouldn't do it like, <laughs> like a family event. Uh, I don't know. Take it into new territory. But uh, I can see I you, you, you know, know kids and grandparents, if you're t- like right after Thanksgiving or something, <laughs> do that. I don't it know. might be a good thing to yeah. do, though. I don't know. Mean. So uh, it's fun. It's pretty cool. And there are a lot of little exercises and examples that can really drive home a point and so uh, it's definitely one of them I would encourage anybody to check out and do I think so I think being able to work on a team you know and knowing how to work on a team whether you are you know have clashing personalities or not you know to see you know can we actually do this and work together as a team to get done what needs to be done for the company you know regardless of yeah, exactly. And then especially that one when the clincher sort of comes at the end and you look at how well, like, this isn't working. Okay, let's back to the drawing board. You know, that's, that is a beautiful thing. And to, to be able to build that quickly with a team of the poor enough to be like, I don't know, you're going to say it. I'm not going to say it. A lot of us get too guarded, especially when we get older. And I don't know if I should say that we should start over. We should, this is not working. <laughs> like, we're in it now. I guess we'll just do it. Or, you know, Bobby's the leader. He kind of thinks we're going to keep going this way. So it, it's just got so many great parables. Yeah. Um, I just love it. Love it. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing that up. That was a good, good, fond memory. Well, I mean, you know, th- and there is a difference too with, you know, like when you look at kindergartners and, and how they do it, you mm-hmm. know, and how they solve all that problem versus, you know, adults who have been in the working force yeah. for how long? You sure. Know, like, there's a big difference. And, and yeah. I've heard the phrase before, you know, everything that I ever learned, I learned in kindergarten. Yeah, right. Sometimes, I, you know, maybe that's what yeah. people need to do. Is, Be nice. Is, well, Listen just, to other people. You know, just like, take a step back and, and not think about right. everything else. The trappings else. Right. of the world yeah. that are, like, heavy on your head. And like, yeah, no, yeah. just like, let's... let's just try it. Uh-oh, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Well, you know, I mean... Uh, there's a lot of well, society says it has to be this way, so it sure. needs to be this way, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm always telling my children, well, just because society says that, does that mean that it needs to be that for you? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I've actually said that to other people, and and sometimes I get a really weird look, but I don't know. You know, that's just 
how I look at things sometimes. You know, I agree. I think that's also like that is the key to innovators, right? Like how many times of like you know, I'm going to do it a whole new world. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to I'm going to do something like okay, still a debate, but. Airbnb, I think, is the number one or two, at least by revenue or by valuation, you know, number one or two hotelier companies, you know, in the world. How many hotels they really own? I don't know. None. (laughs) So the idea of like, you know, that's an expectation and that's how it's always sort of worked. And this is a pattern until it's disrupted entirely. Right. And and it, it takes a little bit of not reckless abandon, but it takes some tolerance for risk and for some tolerance of, you know, it's like the emperor's clothes, right? It's the reason that that story is so told over generations. Right. And that it was a kid who's like, he's, yeah, he's naked. Is is that it takes sort of that innocence to, to look at things and go, it doesn't have to keep being this way and we don't have to keep burying the same constructs to this right. situation yeah. we're looking at. So, yeah. Yep. Sometimes I think it just, you know, the more that society thinks that way, it just gets narrower and narrower and narrower. And those people that... Are like, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna make my own path now. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the ones that they are the innovators and they do change things. Yeah. You know. Yep. And then it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, is there anything else that you would like to other people to know? And if you were, oh, I have to ask this question for you, okay. for Kelly, because um, she is <laughs> not here and she, she always likes to ask this question. Okay. If you could start a Syracuse Tech Meetup. Right. I was going to start a Syracuse Tech meetup. Yeah, I think my meetup topic would be something around, I would say, the art of pitching. (laughs) Pitching and pitch decks and fundraising, they all get sort of like labeled as something bigger and scarier or more complex sometimes than they are. The best pitches and the best art, the art of pitching, right? Of course, it's like lining up people and do you have an audience and Mm -hmm. do you have... A lot of times these are one-on-one coffee shops or maybe it's a formal venture capital introduction and you flew to Boston to meet somebody or maybe it's a business plan competition, right? There are there are formalities to it and you have to take them seriously and you have to know who you're talking to. So many times there is this mantra, like there's this perfect template and I need to f- execute that perfect template. And there are, like trust me, like nothing worse than like giving a pitch and missing some key things like we never spoke about competition at all like whoops that's like something you need to do but what's lost i think is like the pure what are you doing this for and why and why does this work better and so for me i think pitching could almost lend itself to like some with like some really good people who teach writing instruction or public speaking or marketers right positioning statements and brand identity statements like a lot goes into sort of answering what's expected to be in the pitch and that's where people spend so much time on instead of what did i want them to leave with they'll never remember me hopefully you know if i give the same pitch that everyone gives they'll never remember me what do I want them to remember me by if they if they think about yeah. this pitch in a week? What did I want to say? What do I want to fundamentally communicate? And how, even when I'm going over total addressable market, am I conveying the passion I have for this business or this pitch or this idea? Like there is, uh, there is the act of pitching, and then there's the art of pitching. And I think. The act is well done and, and academic and pedestrian. What do you have to cover and have you met your audience and have you done homework on them and you know, all that sort of right. stuff. But the art, that quick, 
beautiful, passionate communication and weaving the same theme and narrative throughout the, the 15 minutes, those are, that would make a cool meetup where it's like part public speaking and part how to write clearly and part how to describe your tech, you know, in the simplest of analogies to people and things like that. Yes, because <laughs> there are times, I think, where people try to, you know, they'll describe something in tech and they're they're looking at you like, yeah, you know, they don't say anything. Yeah, sure. You know, but you, you know in their head they're going, oh, yeah, okay, I don't know what you're saying, but yeah, sure, yeah. I'm just going to stand here and nod. You know, like I know <laughs> sure. what you're saying, but really I don't know what you're saying and, you know, and that's it. So then right. because they don't understand, they don't care. They're going to walk away and they're not going to know who you are. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it, sometimes it's, you know, it's like with watching some of the YouTube videos, you know, to understand something better. When when some of them break down what they're doing and why they're doing it in more in layman terms, yeah, I guess, sure. so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. You know, it's easier to follow and understand. And then you're like, oh, okay, now I understand why a loop works. Or, right, sure, sure. You know, something like <laughs> yep. that. Yep, yep. So I do think that that's very important yeah. because, you know, we can talk tech all day and understand it. Sure. And other people, they're like, what? What does that mean? Yeah. I've, I've had... What's the value that means to me? I don't know. <laughs> I've had people, investors go, you know, oh, what's your tech stack? And I I make something out of it. Oh, Snickers script. <laughs> yeah. and they, oh, oh, that's a good one. And I go, yeah, it's really nutty <laughs> and a little caramely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Like, sweet and, sweet yeah. and salty at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's right. I guess my point is, like, it feels like there's got to be more meaning and more passion into the tradition of tech pitching, so... So that, that uh, the art of the art of pitching maybe, and, and I think that would be good. Let's start. I, you know, like <laughs> I think that a lot of people would get value out of that because yeah. it's you know how many people go to do something even even like actually that would be a good lesson in the careers and code cohorts that mm -hmm. they have because mm -hmm. you know you get up there to do your capstones and you're like okay I'm sweating profusely yeah sure you know the they're nerves, gonna see all the, the, the sweat yeah. stains yeah and they're like the sort of you know and am I speaking right am right. I speaking clear can they understand sure. me do I look too stupid loud, too right yeah <laughs> you know are they understanding what I'm saying yeah. you know and that has a lot to do with it you know I think yeah. public speaking is very important you know especially no matter where you are I think in your job mm -hmm. even if it's in front of three people you still need to you need to be able to go in and be like okay what needs to be done and this is why and clear and concise about it and if you don't have some public speaking even just a little bit yep. yeah it can be really rough yeah that's true so I think cool. that would be a good meetup that'd be pretty fun a little different yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so yeah I, uh, I've enjoyed the conversation I, I can't think of a lot I'm, I'm happy to have anybody reach out about what we do at Stories Lab or learn more and where can I'm they find always you? open Thanks so much. www.storyslab.com. Yeah, check out our site. See, we have a free, you know, we have free demo demo app that everyone can install on on all all major tablet platforms, Windows, Android, and iOS. But beyond that, like you know, stop by. We're right in the corner, Army Square, upon landing building, and we're close and we're fun and we love giving little tours and demos. But and and ask us for coffee. Hans is an amazing guy with you know great experiences from. You know, if, if you're curious about how, how to do bootstrapping right, he's, he's been a genius at it for, for eight years. And, and you know, just don't be afraid to, like, get out and ask and use that fabric of the community that is here because there are brilliant examples of tech and innovation and startups all over, even if, you know, it's not names on the side of buildings or household names that you see on the stock ticker. It's it's still all here, and there's there's just as many places to to learn and to grow and to to network. I would agree with that. 
agree with that. Well, I'm glad that you came and uh, yeah, thanks for decided having me. This is to, cool. to chat with us. So cool. And, and, and uh, I've had a few people that were like, wait, you got Seth to come on? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I, sometimes I can't even get him to answer an email. And I'm uh, like, I don't know. He just mm. likes me. Hey, just email again. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Well, right. You're busy. You know, that's right. Yeah, it happens. You're just hanging yeah. out, right? People are busy. <laughs> but yeah. And I do recommend going to actually come in and uh, yeah. checking out Story Slab yeah, and, and taking the tour. And it, it is pretty yeah. fun. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. I enjoyed it when I went. Yeah, thank you. You can keep up with Kelly on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly2Earth and visit my personal website at kel.dev. If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com, Instagram, Karen Thorne, Twitter, kthorn, and email, contact at kethorn.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development LLC as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are jswebdev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. And you can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com. Additional episode information. At the time of the recording, I couldn't remember where my great-grandfather had worked. I did remember on my way home. It was Crucible Steel.